they're changing cultures. Amen. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being with us on a Wednesday, May the 31st, the Feast of the Visitation. Lots more to say about that as the morning continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Philip Michael Tangora. He's a pastor and a canon lawyer, and he's the author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Father, good morning. Good morning. So there are a few different priests who would uh, join you in this fight uh, (laughs) to try and make Pentecost more than just a day. You know, Christmas is a season. Easter is a season. Pentecost is kind of one day as it stands in the world of the church. And we got some great feasts that pop up right after it in the coming weeks, you know, Trinity Sunday, Corpus Christi, and so on and so forth. But what is the octave of Pentecost um, in terms of its ancient roots? So it goes back to the second century, back at the early patristic era, uh, that you would have Christmas, Epiphany, Easter, and Pentecost all as octaves, so there's eight days. So just the way that Christmas goes to what originally was the circumcision, now Mary, Mother of God, which is the capstone upon Christmas. It's explaining the full mystery. And then you had the Epiphany, which went to the baptism of the Lord, which began his public ministry, which is where he is revealing himself. And also within that context was always celebrated the um, wedding of Cana, the uh, turning of the water into wine at the wedding of Cana, the first miracle. So those three things were always a part of the octave of the epiphany. Easter has its capstone, uh, you know, on, with divine, what we now call divine mercy Sunday or low Sunday, which was the day that those who were the uh, newly uh instituted into the faith baptized uh would then take off their garments their white garments and recognize okay we're now living this life and then pentecost to trinity sunday it worked very well that you had the holy spirit go right into trinity sunday and so these octaves expressed more fully the full mystery of that particular uh feast day okay so you got pentecost which really you know, points towards Trinity Sunday, and we got all these feasts that, that, that come on after it. What I find interesting uh, is the possible ecumenical significance of emphasizing Pentecost greater, uh, because there's this illusion that a lot of people have outside the church, which is, you know, our Protestant friends, our Protestant brothers and sisters who have the free-flowing jazz odyssey services, right? The Pentecostal <laughs> churches, and they're like, uh, hey, we're just going to come in, and we're going to sing some songs, and who knows what's going to happen? But those Catholics, mm-hmm. they they can't. There's no room for the Holy Spirit because they're locked into dead ritual. But all the Pentecostal converts that I know who have become Catholic have become Catholic because they realized that among all the Christians in the world, there are only a couple of different kinds of Christians who believe when you call down the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And that's Pentecostals, yeah. and that's us, Catholics. Yeah. Like we believe when we call down the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to come. That's why we ring the bells at the Epiclesis, right? So, Absolutely. So you know, re-highlighting that, I think, could be a way to, to maybe start that conversation up a little bit more with especially our Pentecostal brothers and sisters. Yeah, to show that we're just as Spirit-led of a church and that the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church, the Holy Spirit animates the life of the mystical body of Christ, uh, I think is something that definitely needs to be emphasized, definitely needs to be uh, communicated in ecumenical uh, dialogues as uh, and with Pentecostals, but even also with the Orthodox, because the Eastern Orthodox churches tend to have a very Holy Spirit-led uh, mentality, and so do the Evangelicals. 
So in all three of these dialogues, I would find a uh, refocusing, a revival, an emphasis on the Holy Spirit would be very, very good. And then also those charismatic movements that are in the Catholic Church, and they tend to have a very strong ecumenical uh, gist to them, a, mo- a sense to them. And uh, I think that they would also find that this is also something very uh, positive uh, overall. You know, it is interesting, too. Uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of uh, charismatic renewal stuff going on uh, in the early part of the 80s, late part of the 70s, uh, even a little bit in the 60s. And I know all kinds of people who have come into the Catholic Church from various evangelical backgrounds because they went to some ecumenical uh charismatic praise service on like a Thursday night and started asking around and they (laughs) met some couple and they were asking what church people went to. And the person said, well, we go to, uh, you know, uh, St. Augustine's Catholic church down the street. And they're like, what, what is a Catholic doing here? (laughs) Right. Uh, It's been a very interesting thing to witness this phenomenon of like the first people that these first Catholics, first serious Catholics, some of these people met were at charismatic meetings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's why one more reason why having a, a, a stronger focus on the Holy Spirit, restoring this ancient and patristic octave of Pentecost of eight days of focused on the Holy Spirit, leading us to Trinity Sunday. I think that would be a really strong, positive thing. Plus, it would speak the revival that so many bishops uh, are, have been calling for in the Catholic Church to have a spirit led revival. Hello. I mean, that's that's exactly what we should be doing. So let's restore the octave of Pentecost and really make something of those eight days that each of them are focused on the Holy Spirit, focused on uh, the uh, renewal and revival within the Catholic Church, ecumenical dialogues, all of those kind of positive things. I think that's something that we should really embrace at this time, not to mention, since this is an ancient and patristic uh, ceremony, a uh, 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 feast of an octave. That's what the early church was dealing with. Uh, they were dealing with the same kinds of things we're dealing with now in evangelization. And that's the fact that we have a very secular pagan society. And let's face it, all those different kinds of challenges that they dealt with, with the ancient Romans. I mean, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with now. And, you know, Christianity, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, learned from that octave of Pentecost of, of evangelize, how to evangelize those groups. And let's do it again. Let's yeah. do it again. Let's do it again. And what is this wandering, you know, desire for people to find themselves in various spiritualities and movements and mysticisms than a, than a, than a desire for the Holy Spirit? aimed in the wrong direction? <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Uh, that's what it absolutely. is. So, absolutely. So, Father Phil... Thank you so much. And maybe somebody uh, listening, you know, with the bishops or will you know, contact the Pope and say, hey, let's do this more. Who knows? I never Absolutely. know who's listening, so I just want to put it out there. Yep. <laughs> God bless everybody, and let's restore the octave of Pentecost. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, Father Phil. we got headlines coming up next. It's 16 minutes past the hour. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show and encourages other Catholic business owners to do the same. Central Fabricators knows that the Sunrise Morning Show is where you'll get the news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. 
Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, has been in business for more than 70 years. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Tis the season for iced tea. If you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. EWTN podcasts are the perfect companion for busy Catholics everywhere. Your favorite EWTN programs are waiting for you to listen to on your time. With on-demand access to audio, you can pause and pick up right where you left off, anytime, anywhere. Just subscribe by using your mobile device's free podcast app. Find old favorites or discover something new. EWTN Podcasts, they're waiting for you. 18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. The U.S. House is expected to vote today on a bill that would lift the $31 trillion federal debt ceiling. A Catholic priest in Nigeria who was kidnapped has now been released. And the Holy See has released a message from Pope Francis offering his support at the launch of the Family Global Compact. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. You know, we mentioned Trinity Sunday's coming up. We have, we've been talking about it already this morning. We're going to talk about it more in the next couple of days. Um, but as we're paying attention at Mass, I would encourage people to listen to the different things that the persons of the Trinity are doing at various points in the Mass. You know, most of the Mass is addressed to the Father, right? But um, there are also points in which we address the son directly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I mean, when we say, uh, you know, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again, we're talking directly to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then there are other elements where we call down the spirit upon the gifts, right? The priest says, may your spirit come upon these gifts, right? right? There, there's, there's different ways that the Trinity is addressed, and each of those ways that they're addressed um, really tell us something about what the what the members of the Trinity are doing. So the Spirit comes upon the gifts to make them the body and blood of Christ. The Spirit's role throughout history, salvation history, is the life giver. Right. Right? It brings the bread and wine to life mm-hmm. as the body and blood of Christ. Just you like know, it brought the dry bones to life. In just Ezekiel. like the breath of God breathed into the dust brought Adam to life. Yep. The Holy so Spirit was there from the beginning. Yeah, from verse 1, yeah. hovering over the waters. Mm-hmm. But the more that you kind of see what those roles are in the Mass, the more it kind of gives you a character of the, the the nature of the persons of the Trinity who are one God. Yeah. I find it fun. It's a fun ex- exercise. It is a you fun know? exercise. You know, do you ever think about the fact we 
we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Singular name, but three persons. Not in the names of yeah. them. In the name. Which means that during the Mass, we're literally inside the Trinity. Whoa. For iced tea, if you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. This past year has been a crazy roller coaster ride, but you have the power to get your business back on track by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Weekday mornings, your message will reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners across the U.S. and around the globe who want to know more about and support Catholic businesses and organizations. To get national exposure for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Hello, this is Father Mark Watkins, pastor of St. Lawrence. Pray with me now the praises of Mary by St. Anthony of Padua. The praises of Mary. Oh, how wondrous is the dignity of the glorious Virgin! She merited to become the mother of Him who is the strength and beauty of the angels and the grandeur of all the saints. Mary was the seat of our sanctification, that is to say, the dwelling place of the Son who sacrificed Himself for us. And I shall glorify the place where my feet have stood. The feet of the Savior signify His human nature. The place where the feet of the Savior stood was the Blessed Virgin Mary, who gave him his human nature. Today the Lord glorifies that place, since he has exalted Mary above the choirs of the angels. That is to say, the Blessed Virgin, who was the dwelling of the Savior, has been assumed bodily into heaven. Amen. Sunrise Morning Show is Chris Faddis, co-founder and president of Solidarity Health Share and underwriter of the Sunrise Morning Show. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you. It is great to have you. And we've talked about this on the morning show, this re- just such a ridiculous story of the uh, St. Francis Health System in Oklahoma being told by the Department of Health and Human Services to cease and desist uh, lighting their sanctuary candle, uh, claiming it was a fire hazard. Of course, they've kind of walked back on this since. But can you talk about what would have been the consequences in terms of, of jobs and lives that would be affected if if the administration had, had continued on this war path about this sanctuary candle? Yeah, I mean, essentially the penalty was they would lose all their federal, you know, contracts. There's, there's their Center for Medicaid Services contracts, you know, for all of their services, which would affect, you know, I, I believe it was 400,000 patients in Oklahoma that they serve, 11,000 jobs. Um, you know, th- this, this, this attack, and, and essentially, let's be fair, this came from, you know, an agency. There's third-party agencies that hospital systems have to have come in for credentialing. It was initially cited there, but HHS did, in fact, decide they were going to enforce this, and they were threatening these these actions, including losing 
the Medicare funding for this hospital system that serves 400,000 lives in Oklahoma. And, and that in itself, I mean, that's a massive hit to this hospital system, which indefinitely would have had to close if they had lost such a large part of their business. Chris, what do you think is the way forward for for people of faith, for faith-based institutions that that want to serve people if these sort of attacks on religious liberty continue? I mean, how do we combat this? So it's a line in the sand at this point. I mean, the Biden administration has shown through their health and human services that they are going to continue pushing this agenda of enforcing these unethical procedures on these systems and these providers. So, you know, it, it, it's going to take this, this firm resolve for both us as consumers to say, listen, we want this sort of certain type of health care. We're going to support these providers. But also for those providers to make sure that from the ground up that their organizations are set up as, as a religious institution, that they are citing their value, that, you know, our Catholic values in their, their documents, that they're you know, making it clear from the ground up who they are. That doesn't mean they can't serve everyone. We certainly as Catholics should serve people of all faiths if we're able or people of all creeds, right? We should certainly be available to that. We should certainly continue serving the poor um, and, and not asking for their Catholic card, right? But at the end of the day, we, we definitely have to be firm here because I, I believe they just, again, they just keep showing that they're going to continue attacking. Um, and there seems to be a real agenda to get religion out of healthcare. The reality is that most of you know the modern hospital system was was really founded and and, and fostered by Catholic and Christian institutions and, and you know re- religious and so we have a we have a, an important legacy there to uphold and continue doing but we're we have to be firm in our resolve and we cannot let, let up on this we have to keep demanding our rights here but also serving faithfully and and just being Catholic from you know who we are and, and not not hiding that not minimizing that you know, to, to satisfy folks. Because the second we do that, we lose our ability to, to basically say, hey, we're a religious institution. You can't do these things to us. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, Chris, because some people might react to this saying, well, okay, I mean, Jesus is going to be present in that tabernacle whether or not the candle is lit. So why are we making such a big deal out of this candle? If they blew it out, they would have had no problems with the administration, and Jesus is still present there in the chapel. Why do we need to make a big deal out of this? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of that is, you know, for one, uh, this is where you get into this this idea that the government, it's not never the government's job to split hairs over what is and isn't, you know, uh, ordinary religious practice, right? And it is ultimately up to the church and, and to be faithful in that and, and reposing the sacrament. There's a certain way to do it. Now, yeah, some people have suggested you could use LED candles or you could do, you know, all these things. And certainly we've all been to churches that have changed out their sanctuary candles to other things. But it is supposed to be a living flame. This religious order believes strongly in that. And so as, as part of that, this is part of the issue is that this is not a place for the government to step in and decide what is and isn't, you know, okay religious practice. It's it's really up to the faith of those folks, and that's part of our, our founding as a country. And so it's very important that we, we maintain that, that we actually recognize that. Um, and then, of course, we shouldn't ever have to water down our faith. So if someone feels, if, if we as, a, as a, this religious uh, order feel strongly about the sanctuary candle being a living flame, again, they shouldn't have to water that down mm-hmm. if that's part of their constitution and their, you know, their, their founding. Well, and today it's the candle, but tomorrow, who knows what it is? Right. Right. Yeah. Where, where do you draw the line? Right. Are they 
Are they going to stop allowing habits in the hospital? You only can wear scrubs. I mean, who knows where that goes, right? And it just goes down the line that there's no reason for it. At the end of the day, we as Catholics and all faithful should be able to practice our faith fully. We should be able to express that fully. And those hospitals are doing that in a manner where they're expressing it fully, but they are still being, this St. Francis Health System is still welcoming the poor. They're welcoming people of all faiths. They're serving people. And actually, they're one of the better nonprofit health systems that, that does a lot to serve the poor. And so, the, you know, the, the government really needs to just get out of the way and do what they need to do to enable them to serve those folks as opposed to trying to, you know, to threaten them over, over a candle. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> say thank you to them. That might yeah, be nice, exactly. too. Exactly. We've been talking to Chris Faddis, uh, the president of Solidarity Health Share. And, Chris, if uh, listeners want to get more information and perhaps consider solidarity for their own needs, their family, where can they get more information? Yeah, visit us at solidarityhealthshare.org, solidarityhealthshare.org, and, uh, or, you know, give us a call, 844-313-4999. And you can find Solidarity Health Share linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much, Chris Pattis. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The U.S. House is expected to vote today on a bill that would lift the $31 trillion federal debt ceiling. The House Rules Committee is advancing the debt ceiling bill to the floor, which has cleared a major hurdle as it continues to face opposition from both parties. Mark Mayfield has more. The rule was adopted by a 7-6 vote with Republican representatives Chip Roy and Ralph Norman joining all Democrats in opposition. The debt limit bill will now advance to the floor for debate with a vote on Wednesday. The 99-page measure would raise the nation's spending limit for the next two years to avoid a federal debt default. I'm Mark Mayfield. A priest kidnapped in Nigeria recently has been released from Vatican Radio. Francesca Merlo reports. Father Matthias O'Para, a Nigerian Catholic priest who was abducted on the 26th of May while returning from a funeral, has been set free. After three days in captivity, after having been abducted by gunmen, the parish priest of Obosima's Holy Ghost Catholic Parish in Imo State has been released. A source from the Oweri Ecclesiastical Province of the Catholic Church confirmed the development in a post which read... To the glory of God, Reverend Father Matthias Opara of the Catholic Archdiocese of Oweri, who was kidnapped last Friday by hoodlums, has been released unharmed by his abductors. Details surrounding his release are sketchy, but the important thing is that he has been released. Father Opara is the last in the long line of Catholic priests being abducted in Nigeria. On May 19th, in fact, Father Jude Kingsley Maduka, a Nigerian Catholic priest serving in Okigwe Diocese, was kidnapped and freed after three days of captivity. Similarly, Father Chokos Kunav and Father Rafael Ogigba, who had been abducted on the 29th of April from Nigeria's Catholic Diocese of Wari, were released on the 4th of May. Earlier, on the 15th of April, Father Michael Ifeani Asomuga, the curator of St. Paul's Parish, Osu of Okigwe Diocese, was kidnapped and later released. Sadly, not all of those who are kidnapped are released. The West African nation has been battling a surge of violence orchestrated by gangs whose members carry out indiscriminate attacks, kidnapping for ransom, and in some cases, kill. I am Francesca Merlo. North Korea's attempt to launch the country's first spy satellite has failed. The state-run Korean Central News Agency says while the vehicle rocket crashed into the West Sea Wednesday morning local time, South Korea's military first reported the launch as a, quote, space projectile 
triggering emergency and evacuation alerts in Seoul and Japan. Residents were later told the warnings were sent in error. This coming after North Korean leader Kim Jong-un recently ordered officials to prepare to launch its first military satellite. Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw says he disagrees with the team's decision to honor the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. More from Daniel Martindale. That's what he told the Los Angeles Times during an interview on Monday. Last Friday, Kershaw announced the Dodgers will host a Christian Faith and Family Day later this season. Kershaw tells the L.A. Times he asked the club to speed up his announcement in response to the controversy surrounding the self-described group of queer and trans nuns. The Dodgers recently re-invited the group to their Pride Night in June, about a week after deciding to disinvite them after receiving complaints from religious organizations and some politicians. I'm Daniel Martindale. Now reliever Blake Trinan is joining Kershaw, calling the group hateful, a hateful and a mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith. Trinan said in a statement, quote, I am disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. He said, quote, this group openly mocks Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of my faith, and I want to make it clear that I do not agree with nor support the decision of the Dodgers to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, end quote. Air travel over Memorial Day weekend was over pre-pandemic levels, that according to the TSA. Agents screened close to 9.8 million people at airports across the United States. That's 300,000 more than the same long weekend in 2019 before the COVID pandemic. On Friday, more than 2.7 million people went through airport security, the highest recorded in a single day since the pandemic. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. This past year has been a crazy roller coaster ride, but you have the power to get your business back on track by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Weekday mornings, your message will reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners across the U.S. and around the globe who want to know more about and support Catholic businesses and organizations. To get national exposure for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. Do you use a single brew coffee maker at your home or in your workplace? The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have single-use coffee pods especially for you. Go to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sunrisemorningshow.com, to browse the Monk Shot options. When you check out, we'll earn a commission. And why not brew it straight into a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug? You can find those in our online store. Buy a mug and link for some monk shots for your Keurig at sonrisemorningshow.com. Baltimore Catechism asks, what is sanctifying grace? Sanctifying grace is that grace which makes us holy and pleasing to God. When God looks upon us, he recognizes that, well, we are sinners, that we are needing of him. We are without Him, and so He gives us this special grace called sanctifying grace. It makes us holy, so that we can be like God. In the beginning, we were made in the image and the likeness of God, and sanctifying grace not only restores that image within us, it actually now restores the Christ within us as well. It makes us pleasing to God, and so just as He looked upon His Son, saying, 
here he is in whom I am well pleased, so now he can look upon his daughters and his sons and say, Here are my children, in whom I am well pleased. Sanctifying grace, it purifies us and makes us one with God, so that we may enjoy his presence forever. Reflecting on the Baltimore Catechism, I'm Dominican Father Ezra Sullivan. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, and it's always great to take a look at monk stories with Father Augustine Weta, Benedictine monk who has written a book called Pray, Think, Act, Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. Father, good morning. Good morning. So the monk story today, we get to talk about the devil being an enemy and you being a house and throwing the devil out of your house. So (laughs) share that one with us. Yeah, well, one of the great things about the Desert Fathers is that they uh, they kept the terminology pretty simple, and in the, and this is no exception. An old monk said to a brother, the devil is the enemy, and you are a house. <laughs> the enemy never stops throwing evil into your house, so it is your job to keep throwing it out again. If you neglect this, the house will be so full of evil that you'll no longer be able to get inside. So just keep throwing the evil out, and little by little, by the grace of God, your house will become clean again. <laughs> Seems simple enough, you would think. Uh, you, know, you would and, think. But, uh, you know, there are people who, uh, well, I mean, you've heard stories, and maybe people have even experienced this, of like, you know, having, you know, some kind of substance abuse issue and just saying, oh, you know sure. what? We're going to flush it all down the toilet today. <laughs> We're going to pour it out yeah. in the yard today. Or, you know, maybe people who have, like, eating issues and say, you know what, I'm getting rid of all the Oreos today. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm just going to throw in the trash. <laughs> or, or, or even stuff like, you know, I don't like, you know, having this cable package that even though I don't buy any of the channels, every time I flip through, like, the – you know, the, the high-end numbers, I at least see advertisements for these terrible, terrible programs. I'm canceling cable. I'm throwing it out of my house. I feel right, like sometimes right. we think like we can't – it's like whack-a-mole to get all that stuff that's influencing our life out. But it doesn't mean that we should give up on trying to clean these things out, does it? That's right, because if your house if – if your metaphorical and literal house is full of temptation, uh, well, I mean, how are you ever even going to get started, Right. It's, uh, it's, I, we talked about this week, a little bit last week. It's about rebuilding your house so that it will be the sort of place that is conducive to, um, to good decisions. I, I remember when I was about eight, my sister six, I, I decided I had enough with her. And so I went to my father and I said, Dad, um, it's really time that we give her up for adoption. And he he sat me down and he said, look, Jason, I understand where you're coming from. Like, she annoys me, too. But um, there's going to come a day when you realize that you actually like your sister and you're going to want to hang out with her. Um, but until that day comes, fake it. <laughs> and, and I think his environment was his environment, his advice was good because it turns out I actually do like my sister now. We do enjoy hanging out. And uh, so, so you re- I rebuilt I, well, what, what he was asking to, me to do in Desert Father's language was to rebuild myself as the sort of house that would be friendly to my sister, right? Metaphorically, at least. You know, there's a, a line from C.S. Lewis that's along um, that same 
kind of pattern of thought uh, where someone asked him, I don't know how to love God, and, and Lewis said something to the effect of, and I can't remember where he said this, and this is going to be a paraphrase, but, well, just do the things that you would do if you did love God. <laughs> right? And then yeah, you, exactly. you might see that sort of stuff sort of cultivate. Like, maybe you don't feel sincere about throwing the devil out of your house, but at least do the thing that you would do if you were trying to get him out of your life. <laughs> exactly. My, my confessor actually made me quit saying it, but I used to, at the end of my confession, I used to say, oh my God, I am half-heartedly sorry for having offended you. Because, frankly, like, I, I, I like sinning. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it at all, right? I, I get angry and I lash out and it feels good or whatever. But uh, the, uh, St. Francis de Sales actually put this pretty well when he said, we learn to study by studying, we learn to play the lute by playing, to dance by dancing, to swim by swimming. So we also learn to love God and our neighbor by loving them, and those who attempt any other method are mistaken, right? It, um, you, you, well, it's just basic sort of psychology, right? Fake it till you make it, which actually works, it turns out. Well, we won't talk about addiction because I feel like that's a different sort of psychological category. But let's talk right. about patterns of sin, like patterns, because I think we all, I mean, I may not be addicted to anger, but I know that there are patterns oh, of it am. in my life, <laughs> right? Um, there are things <laughs> right. that we that we gravitate towards. Like, what would be some small steps that we could take today um, well, to throw the devil out in regard to those things? Well, the obvious like first step is to go to confession, right? And and you don't have to be compulsive about this. But on the other hand, well, one of the things that it, a lot of things that, or rather, one of the things that people tend to forget is that confession, the sacrament of confession not only wipes the soul clean, it actually gives you superhuman powers to resist that sin the next time around. So particularly when it comes to anger, in my case, I, I, I'll go to confession and then I'll say to myself, okay, I'm saving up this grace. For the next time I run into brother so and so, you know, and I'm going to, and then when I see him walking toward me and I think, oh boy, I really like to slug this guy, I say, okay, I'm cashing out my sacramental grace right now, right? Because of course, like virtue isn't, isn't easy. It takes practice. And, um, I think it was Aristotle who said the soldier doesn't start off brave. He pretends like he's brave until pretty soon he looks around and realizes he is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, I mean, that's part of why they call them spiritual disciplines, right? I mean, this is... That's right. You know, I know that you are in Cardinal's country and we're in Red's country, and yet we still have to, this civil conversation. I'm not sure how it happens. Uh, but Yeah, I, it, I'm sorry for you for that, but it's, okay. uh, someone You'll, has to be a Red We're only separated by a couple games have, in the division right now. But We would have but, no one to beat if you guys weren't around. So. That's true. That is true. But Cardinal or Red, you don't just show up at the ballpark and get in the batter's box on pitch one. I mean, those guys. That's right. They, some of those, it's insane. Those guys sometimes spend an hour and a half in the batting cages yeah. before they go play. I mean, is it because, I mean, and these guys are, you know, they're professional hitters. They should not have to practice anymore, you would think. Right. And yet they do. Right. Well, they make it look natural, don't they? And, I think, wasn't it Larry Bird who used to shoot 300 free throws after every practice? I mean, 
you say to yourself, well, that guy's really good, but or really talented. We, we, we excuse ourselves for not being great basketball players by saying, well, that guy's talented. I'm not. Or, and I think we do the same thing with virtue. We say, well, that person's a saint and I'm not. So that's my excuse. But we forget that it takes work to be a saint. You know, that, that these people didn't just wake up holy. They were, they practiced and, and, they put themselves in situations that would be conducive to making the right choices. You know, um, it's so funny that you say that. I was at a lacrosse tournament for my son a, a few weeks ago, and I was mm-hmm. sitting down on a bench eating my barbecue sandwich from the food truck, and this other family kind of sat down on the bench next to me. And, you know, the mother-in-law is sitting there, you know, talking to her son-in-law. I, I contextualize this from other pieces of the conversation. And he's drinking a Diet Coke, and she says, I don't understand – why you drink Diet Coke. You're skinny. You shouldn't have to drink Diet Coke. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm skinny because I don't drink regular Coke. Coke I'm skinny because yeah. I do drink Diet Coke. And I think that we so, sometimes sort of think of it that way. Like, Larry Bird, you shouldn't have to practice. You're good at free throws. And, yeah. and we forget he's good at free throws because he practices. That's right. That's right. And – you know, the, I think they did this experiment about ten, no, twenty years ago at Berkeley or someplace like that, where they, for they had kids hold a pencil between their lip, their upper lip and their nose while they did unpleasant tasks, and they found that these kids who did this uh, actually enjoyed what they were doing more than other people who weren't, who had, who didn't have a pencil in their upper lip, and the reason is because. If you try to hold a pencil there with your lip, it forces you to smile. And even though it's an art, a totally artificial smile, you still think you're having a good time because you're smiling, right? And, and that may actually be, I, was, I never thought about it before until now, but that may be why Mother Teresa said that if you want to be a saint, just smile. Not the worst advice in the world, that's for sure. Well, Father no. Justin Weta, always lots of great nuggets in our conversations. I've got your yeah. book, Pray, Think, Act, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. God bless. All right, it is 13 till. We're back with even more. Another Benedictine, Father Robert Nixon, right after this. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. Do you use a single brew coffee maker at your home or in your workplace? The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have single-use coffee pods especially for you. Go to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sunrisemorningshow.com, to browse the Monk Shot options. 
When you check out, we'll earn a commission. And why not brew it straight into a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug? You can find those in our online store. Buy a mug and link for some monk shots for your Keurig at sonrisemorningshow.com. This past year has been a crazy roller coaster ride, but you have the power to get your business back on track by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Weekday mornings, your message will reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners across the U.S. and around the globe who want to know more about and support Catholic businesses and organizations. To get national exposure for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Robert Nixon. He's a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia. He's translator of the Tan Resurrection series, and we are going through Crown of the Virgin, an ancient meditation on Mary's beauty, virtue, and sanctity by St. Ildefonsus of Toledo. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Eddie. It's good to have you back. And today we are up to the 10th place in the crown of the Virgin Mary as imagined by St. Ildefonsus. And uh, this one is devoted to the star of the sea. So I'm curious, was the devotion, the title of Mary star of the sea, Stella Maris, um, was that a, yeah. a devotion in the time of St. Ildefonsus or did he like create this devotion? <laughs> um, no, I, he hasn't. He hasn't created it, but he possibly contributed to its popularity. So this traditional title given to Mary goes back to the um, to her name itself, Maria, which in Latin is actually the, the plural of the word for sea or ocean. So we read in the book of Genesis about where God is called the dry land earth and the oceans he called, the word in Latin is Maria. And going right back to the beginning of Genesis, where it talks about the spirit hovering over the waters, this can be read as the spirit hovering over Maria, over, over Mary. So um, this is where this traditional attribution comes from. And the church fathers, people like uh, St. Augustine and so forth, all recognized that this was the meaning of one of the meanings of the word Maria, the sea or also the star of the sea. So um, she's been given this title for a very long time. And, of course, the famous hymn, um, Ave Maristella, um, goes back to about the same time as when St. Ildefonsus was writing. Hmm. So it, it might be a coincidence, but certainly I feel his book, where he talks about Mar uh, Mary as the star of the sea, um, certainly reflects and contributes very powerfully to this wonderful and very appropriate title which we give to the Blessed Virgin. Yeah, so can you talk about why she has this title? I mean, I know you you just went through what her name means, but from like a natural standpoint, yeah. what is the star of the sea and why is that appropriate? Well, I think the, the it, it's tremendously important um, because in in those days when people were going out navigating on boats, they didn't have the kind of scientific equipment that they have today to tell them exactly where they are and which direction to go on. Instead, they relied upon their observation of the stars. And this star of the sea was particularly important because it served as a constant and reliable guide to people who were who were sailing on the ocean, which was 
a very dangerous thing to do in the in, in the early days, um, and still is to some extent. Um, and so often, the early saints and the early philosophers described our journey through life as being like a journey across a, a perilous and difficult ocean. And I think there's a great deal of of truth to that. And the idea that Mary is this star of the sea, that if we keep our vision fixed on her, that we know we'll be heading in the right direction. So she is uh, someone who can illuminate the darknesses which surround us. Even when we feel we don't know where we're going, we don't know in which direction to sail, uh, if we fix our, our sight and our hearts upon her, um, then we'll be led towards this great harbour of, of peace and safety. And this is something which Ildefonsus expresses uh, very beautifully. And he puts it like this, Hence I place in your crown the star of the sea. This light faithfully directs the wandering sailor and all those who strive to navigate across the perilous waves of the endless ocean of life. It encourages them and guides them and finally leads them to the harbour of safety they desire. You, O mistress, are indeed this star. You, among the waves of temptation and the pain of affliction, always direct and guide us. You offer us much-needed aid and assistance in times of trial and lead our souls to the harbour of God's salvation. Let all your devout servants and supplicants implore your protection and guidance, O true star of the sea. I love that image of the harbour of God's salvation. Can you talk about the prayer that he then has for our Blessed Mother just following yeah. that? So he has this wonderful prayer and he can really, um, you know, places himself in this situation um, of, of almost like someone who is lost at sea but is imploring her for her guidance. He says, Oh, my soul, in times of peril, in moments of uncertainty, Look towards your guiding star. Call upon the name of Mary. Let it never recede from your heart. Let it never depart from your lips. For following her faithfully, you shall never stray. Calling upon her, you shall never despair. With her as protectress, you shall never fear. With her guiding you, you shall never grow weary. With her as your leader, you shall arrive safely at your celestial homeland. O Mary, grant that this may happen through your glorious merits and holy intercession, by the grace of your most blessed and divine Son, with whom you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. And this is uh, such a beautiful prayer that we, if we keep, uh, keep looking towards Mary for guidance and everything, we'll never go too far astray. We'll always have this, this light of truth, this heavenly light which guides us across the perilous ocean of life and leads us to this place of, of peace and safety, which we, which we all desire and long for, never fully attain uh, during the course of this difficult mortal life. Yeah, I mean, if you're following closely behind the one who perfectly follows her son, I think you're in pretty good shape. Am I right, Father? You are, absolutely. Um, you, you're, by staying close to Mary, we're staying close to Jesus, and as long as we stay close to them, no matter what else happens, you know, we're all going, we're always going to be safe. We're always going to be uh, basically heading in the right direction. Just f stay, stay close to those 
Mary, our, our guiding star, and Jesus, who is, of course, the light of the world. Oh, Blessed Mother, Star of the Sea, pray for us. We've been talking to Father Robert Nixon. You can find Crown of the Virgin by St. Ildefonsus of Toledo, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie. God bless you, and God bless all your listeners today. You too, Father. Thank you very much. Well, that'll do it for this national edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. we got another hour coming up for our local listeners here on Sacred Heart Radio. For everyone else on EWTN, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. The most original Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. Tonight on EWTN Live. Ave Maria Radio's Marcus Peter demystifies biblical covenants by showing how they remain important in our lives today. EWTN Live with me, Father Mitch Patrick, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on EWTN TV and radio. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. The Catholic Church sees the Eucharist as the source and summit of the Christian life, to which the other sacraments are oriented. Our Holy Mass is next on EWTN Radio. The heavy hitters of Catholic Radio are on EWTN Open Line. Join Father Mitch Pacwa for Open Line Wednesday, this afternoon, 3 Eastern, exclusively on EWTN Radio. I firmly believe that prayer is communication with God. And if we know that God is a loving Father, why wouldn't we want to talk to God? The reality is we've got to talk to our family, we've got to talk to our friends, and if God is real, and God is definitely real, He wants to hear about our day. He also wants to know how we're doing and what our needs are. Prayer is communication with God. If you need your news on the go, read the register online. But if you want to take your time and savor the stories, then subscribe to the National Catholic Register's print edition. And with award-winning Catholic journalism that goes beyond what you'll find from any secular news service, you'll get the real story behind the events that unfold over the course of the year. Try the register for free today and get it delivered to your home, office, or parish. Join the Catholics who depend on the register for its faithful and courageous reporting. Get six issues free today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Your favorite EWTN radio programs are all over social media. All your favorite programs are available right now. Check us out on Instagram. Just search for EWTN radio. Remember, EWTN is everywhere. listening to KSHJ 1430 AM Houston, Texas. Your Catholic radio station on air and online at grnonline.com.
Today we pray for an end to violence. Almighty God, we worship you, our Father. We pray for an end to violence in our cities and for the conversion of those involved in street gangs and organized crime. Help them, O Lord, to recognize the dignity of every human person and to remember that we will all have to render an account to you, who are the just judge, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. Restore peace to our streets and bring an end to the cycle of poverty and violence. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood. family. Welcome to the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network, and today's Mass with Father Mitch Pacwa. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
Brothers and sisters, on this great feast of the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who, while the Blessed Virgin Mary was carrying your Son in her womb, inspired her to visit Elizabeth, grant us, we pray, that faithful to the promptings of the Spirit, we may magnify your greatness with the Virgin Mary at all times, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, let love be sincere. Hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Anticipate one another in showing honor. Do not grow slack in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Endure in affliction. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the Holy Ones. Exercise hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Have the same regard for one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Verbum Domini
Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, 
and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Verbum Domini Mary, the mother of God, is mother to all of us. Some of the saints say that she is more of a mother to us than even our own biological mother, natural mother. So it's Mary, through Mary, we have the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And Mary cooperates obediently and faithfully to the will of God. And Mary, who is our mother, like every good mother, she nurtures, nurtures us. And in nurturing us, she teaches us. And she has many things to teach us in these passages today especially the gospel. And one thing she is showing us, as, as uh, the great St. John Paul II once said, is that she's showing us truly how to devote ourselves to the mission of the Savior, Jesus Christ. She is a model for us who do the work of the Lord. And we clearly see this in this gospel passage today. Because there, there she is. She goes immediately. She's filled with the word of God. And she is confident in the power and the grace of God that is with her. And so first of all, first and foremost, you know, Mary, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit being the mother of God, the mother of Christ, the Messiah, filled with the Holy Spirit, is moved by the Spirit of God to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. And her being moved by the Spirit of God, she goes with haste. She goes with immediacy and urgency to do the will of the Lord. And of course, her heart burning with the charity of the Lord. And there she is, and upon entrance, so filled with this love, the love of God, the Holy Spirit within her, Christ in her womb. 
She fills the house with joy, with the presence of God. And there we see immediately how her cousin Elizabeth reacts, how she responds. Here comes Mary with pure, the purest love, bringing the Savior, and she recognizes that right away. How could the mother of my Lord come to me? Look at this. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now and then, with, through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is already moving. The Holy Spirit is already revealing Jesus through Mary. And what happens is that the baby, John the Baptist, leaps for joy. Now the, the work of the Lord is being done here. And then the Blessed Virgin, you know, she, she proclaims the greatness of the Lord in the Magnificat. And here in this Magnificat, the praises of God are on her lips, are always there. You know, she knows who she is in the Lord. And she's, she's, she's glorifying God always in her heart, all the time. And see, so Mary, who, who is saying this, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful passages here, is coming from Samuel. It's the song of Hannah. You see, Mary is, is so united to the Word of God. She knows it very well. And, you know, being, being raised up, learning the Psalms, you know, pure as she is, you know, taking the Word of God as it should be, believing it, knowing the promises of God. The Word of God is a part of her. And so this is what comes out of her. God's word, of course, the word made flesh is already there, you know, in her. But even before that, she, she being a, a young woman of God and knowing his word, you know, able to accept the call of God because she's so united to the word of God, so pure in receiving it, that it just comes out of her. She's made the word her own. And now there, there he is in her womb, the word made flesh. So everything about her is Jesus, is God, God's will, doing his work, loving him with all our heart, soul, and strength. And so there she is, naturally praising the Lord, telling us what God will do and what, what he's done and what he will continue to do. Now, in her operating in the power of God, through the grace of God, she, she tells us, you know, she starts with some praises. He has cast down the mighty from, or he has, he has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has filled the hungry with, with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. Now, three, here we have three things here. The proud, you know. The, the mighty from the thrones, he has filled the hungry with good things. You know, it's he, here saying that God has sovereignty over all things. She knows what the work of God can do. And she, she fully believes. And so she's able to proclaim what's happening here. And then she goes, she goes on and says, and just says that God is, is faithful to his promises. No, she knows it already. 
See, and brothers and sisters, see, this is what this is what we need. Her as a model for us, as an example. And she's a model very early on of this. Now she was with Jesus throughout his life. Now always pointing toward, toward Jesus. Quiet there. Now she didn't get in, she didn't get in his way. She follows him all the way to Calvary. And then there she is. At the beginning, the birth of the church at Pentecost. See, Mary has already been a model of this, and she's a model now to the apostles who receive the Holy Spirit. Mary, being filled with the Holy Spirit, knows how to do the work of God and how to operate in the grace of God. So her being, being our mother, the mother of Christ, and being a, a model for us of, of what a uh, someone who, who's who's truly called to bring the word of God, to to proclaim Jesus, she's there for them. And there they go off. Now, being inspired by her presence. And so her, her same presence with us, through her intercession, through her maternal love, should be a model for each and every one of us who go out and do the work of the Lord. We too, like her, have to know the word of God, the teachings of the church, and, and, and really need to know, really, really should, should know that these words are words given to us by the Father, by, by God, because he loves us. He sends his Son, the word made flesh. Jesus, who, who's the visible presence of the Father, gives us his word. No, and then this should consume us, every fiber of our being. Jesus, who loves us very much, lives among us, and now gives us his own word, tells us how to live, tells us how to love. This is something we should all take in, and this should give us fire, as we see here, here with Mary. And then knowing God's promises, trusting in that, we know that he does great things for us. See, a lot of times, you know, we go out and those of us who are doing the work of the Lord, and in fact, those who are maybe not engaged in it, you all are called in some way or another. Even the homebound, in your prayers, through your sacrifice, through your offerings. And he invites us all further into this work. He works through us. He gives us the grace and power as another Christ to proclaim him. And so, so we, we learn here from, from, from him, from Jesus Christ. But yet, as we go out and do the work, you know, sometimes we feel defeated. Yes, we get attacked. Yes, there are persecutions. Sometimes we, th- we, we think that, okay, yeah, we maybe um, reached out to somebody, whether it's a, a work of mercy, work of charity, or maybe we said we try to inspire them with the word of God, proclaiming his word. Maybe they don't receive it. But we got to believe that God has done something. If we go out and do that work in love, for love of the Lord, he's done something. He's planted some kind of seed. Now remember that when the light is in the darkness, that the darkness can't see. See, but, but they've already had an encounter in some way or another with the Spirit of God. And that's what we need to know and believe. See, St. Paul tells us that our labor is not in vain. And the Blessed Virgin knows that already. And that's why she, she, she can say, 
I mean, like, okay, here she is who came from, from Nazareth to go see her cousin Elizabeth. You know, that is something like 90 miles or, or something like that. And, you know, back in the day, they didn't have no cars or anything. They, you know, travel on donkey or on foot. No, and along the way, she's encountering people. Well, what's she doing while she's encountering people? She's bringing Jesus. No, she knows what happened. Maybe she didn't have a good reception all the time. She's still bringing Jesus to them. And she still proclaims the power of God. He's cast down the mighty from the thrones. He's lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. She knows the power of it. So when we, we who are called to do the work of God, we do it with, all, with, with love for the Lord, love for our neighbor, and leave it with the Lord. And trust that he will take care of it. He will, will, will sow the seed. No, and leave it in his hands. Move on to the next thing, just as Mary does here. So, uh, brothers and sisters, you know, be, be encouraged today by the Blessed Virgin and what she teaches us. How to be true disciples, how to proclaim Jesus Christ. And so now we, we ask for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that she, through her prayers, that we be continually open to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that we hear him just as she heard him, that we be sensitive to his promptings, so that we too may, we may go forth in confidence, trusting in the promises of God, trusting that his grace and power be, be with us, and trusting that through him we can do all things through Jesus Christ and glorifying him in our work and in all we do. God bless you all. We trust in Mary's fidelity and lean on her strength, and we ask her kind intercession as we offer God our prayers and petitions. That on this feast and every day, the church may gather around Mary, the mother of the church, to sing the praises of her divine Son. We pray to the Lord. that Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, <clears throat> will guide and protect our Holy Father in his work of proclaiming the good news of salvation to the entire world. We pray to the Lord. <clears throat> that the prayers of the Mother of God may strengthen all mothers to follow her example of welcoming new life. We pray to the Lord. For all families experiencing difficulties, that they may place their trust in God and seek Our Lady's intercession in their time of need. We pray to the Lord. For the faithful departed, that they may soon be with God, our Blessed Mother, and all the angels and saints. 
We pray to the Lord. Almighty Father, we thank you for giving us Mary to be our queen and our mother, she who is the first and most perfect disciple of your Son, teaches us how to follow in his footsteps with undivided hearts. Through her intercession, may we persevere unto death along the path of holiness. We make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. May our offering of this saving sacrifice be acceptable to your majesty, O Lord, as you were pleased to accept the charity of the most blessed mother of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns forever and ever.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, to praise your mighty deeds in the exaltation of all the saints, and especially as we celebrate the memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to proclaim your kindness as we echo her thankful hymn of praise. For truly to earth's ends you have done great things, and extended your abundant mercy from age to age. When you looked on the loneliness of your handmaid, you gave us through her the author of our salvation, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim. Holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Stephen, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life. And I praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot now receive Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, we offer the following prayer. Most loving Jesus, I adore thee with a lively faith, who art present in this sacrament by virtue of thine infinite power, wisdom, and goodness. All my hope is in thee. I love thee, O Lord, with all my heart, who has so loved me, and therefore I desire to receive thee now spiritually. Come therefore, O Lord, to me in spirit, and heal my sinful soul. Feed me, for I am hungry. Strengthen me, for I am weak. Enliven and sanctify me with thy sacred body and blood. Deliver me from all sin, and make me always obedient to thy commandments. And let me never be separated from thee, my Saviour, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit livest and reignest, one God, world without end. Amen. Holy Communion is now being distributed. This is the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
Father Leonard has just finished purifying the sacred vessels. His blessing will come next. This is the EWTN Radio Network. Let us pray. May our church proclaim your greatness, O God, for you have done great things for your faithful. And as St. John the Baptist leapt with joy when he first sensed the hidden presence of Christ, so may your church rejoice to receive this sacrament, the same ever-living Lord, who lives and reigns forever and ever, the Lord be with you. And with your May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God.
the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The Word was made flesh. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. KSHJ, Houston. Hi, my name is Anais Kat 